In today's show, we look ahead to Thursday in the NBA, what we're watching for, streaming options, all that. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here to look ahead to Thursday. A little bit of a lighter day, just the six games on. We'll talk about all those. An elite streaming sort of day. Well, in terms of the games played, it's elite. Players available, maybe not so much. We'll talk about that right now. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, Pistons-Nets. The Nets are nine-point favorites in this game because the Pistons are trash. It is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. They'll be without Kevin Durant. Four, um, Detroit, Killian Hayes is questionable. Isaiah Stewart, we're going to list him as questionable. I don't know why I wrote Bagley as questionable. He is not questionable. Bagley is out. Don't read into that. He is out. I just put it on the wrong line. Bagley is out. All right, do you want me to say that again? Bagley is out. For the Pistons, I want to watch Jaden Ivey because last game, without Killian Hayes, he dropped in 11 assists. It was really, really encouraging. But when Killian plays, he doesn't really do that. He has like four assists with 14 points on 40% shooting with 70 from the line with no steals, no blocks, and three rebounds, and it's not good enough. We want to see Ivey develop more consistency across basically every category. And how that looks with or without Hayes is important to see. I also want to watch the depressed penis. Sadiq Bay because he can't really get consistency in his shooting. The thing I do want to watch is if Stewart plays, if Hayes plays, where does Bay play? Does he start? And if so, who over? Stewart? Duran? Uh, like, who does he start over? And then if he comes off the bench, does he play 29 minutes or does he play 24 minutes? It's a really big question in terms of his value rest of season. And throw in, like, can you do something peripherally or shoot well? That's why I'm very lukewarm on Bay as a player for the rest of this season. The second game of the day is the Knicks and the Celtics. The Celtics are six and a half point favorites. Mitchie Robinson will be out. Marcus Smart will be out. Fournier missed last game for personal reasons. He doesn't play anyway. And Malcolm Brogdon also missed the last two games for personal reasons. He should be okay. Jalen Brown missed last game. Al Horford missed last game. That was rest. They'll be back and they'll be fine and ready to go. The one we do want to pay attention to, to there is Brogdon. For the Knicks side of things, I do want to see the center situation. Jericho Sims. You just made the list. What are they going to do? Because last game, they closed with Hartenstein over Jericho Sims. Hartenstein played 23, Sims played 24. Of course, the game before that, it was 33, Sims and 15, Hartenstein. And you'll notice that both of those games, the minutes of their totals both equal 48 because they don't want to play Obi Toppin at center or Randall at center really at all. That's always the concern there. Um, I still would lean towards Sims because, again, he started all games. He's played more minutes than Hartenstein in three games, and the only time it was close was that one game against Cleveland. I, I'm i not ruling it out that Hartenstein's going to be the guy there because, yeah, frankly, I think he's a pretty good player. 
But Sims is probably the guy we go for. And then Emmanuel Quickly, who played 27 minutes last game, coming off a knee injury. What is his role? Like, I know there is some thought that they can just play small with Randall at center so Quickly gets into lineups, but I just haven't seen evidence of that. To me, for him to get 30-plus minutes, it needs to come at the expense of Grimes or Barrett. Zero minutes for McBride. I still think Quickly's okay to hold. But there are a lot of deficiencies in his game. He does need probably 35 to be a must-roster 12-team league player. And I just don't think that there's the possibility of that. But, you know, if we do get a situation here, like where, you know, what happens with Sims and Hartenstein, how does that impact quickly? It is key to watch. For the Celtics, Rob Williams, and I had a lot, a lot of hand-wring about Rob Williams, about his lack of production. I think people really, as I've said this a few times, and I'll say it again, they really overvalue what he did last season because they go, well, Rob, everyone told me he's a beast. He's a stud. Look at the numbers last season. He averaged 10 and 10 with 2.2 blocks on 72% shooting, right? That is, and I think two assists. That's what he did. I think people think that he's like a 17 and 12 guy with the just gigantic numbers, which he just isn't. 10 and 10, 2.2 blocks, 72% shooting is what he averaged last season. Last game, he had 11 and 8 with two blocks on 83% shooting. Not that far away. Basically the exact same thing. One more point, two fewer rebounds, higher field goal percentage. Yes, he didn't have any assists in that game. So there is a gigantic buy-low opportunity for people who just are frustrated with women's thinking they're getting... I don't know what they think they're getting. Embiid? I don't know what they think they're getting. I think they they are... Again, it's why it's really important to be very, very cautious about taking rank numbers at face value and understanding what gets them there and what it actually means. Rather than like, I was told Rob Williams was a beast... I was told he was this ranked player without looking to say, well, why was he that ranked player? And what is actually different about what he's doing now? Yes, get an extra rebound or two, get an extra block. That is all, you know, that is all possible. He's not, he's not dreadful at it, but he's not quite at that level, but he's not that far off. Let's see how it goes. And then what does, you know, what does Rob, not Rob, what does Derek White do? Because with Marcus Smart out, he is playing much better. I don't believe that Derek White is going to be a long-term 12-team league player. I've said that many, many times, and I think that's proven correct. But with the injuries, we roll with him, and we see what he's able to do. We see how the minute split goes between him and Brogdon, and to be honest, recently, Peyton Pritchard, who's getting a lot of minutes as well. Is that something that's going to be real and going to continue? Well, we do need to watch that, don't we? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. And if you're a new customer, you can join today and get $150 of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from money line, point spreads, prop, player prop bets, and you can put them all together to increase your payouts in the same game parlay. If we look across to the odds should we do the NFL? Yeah, let's have a look at the NFL odds. If there's been any change, well, the Bengals have come into one-point favorites. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites yesterday against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, while the Eagles stay steady at two-and-a-half-point favorites over the San Francisco 49ers. You can find all of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanjul.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game is a battle of shit. It's the Bulls and the Hornets. The Bulls are five and a half point favorites. We know that Lonzo Ball is out. Goran Dragic is out. Javante Green is out. Kelly Oubre is out. We don't know about LaMelo Ball because are they going to list him doubtful or questionable or some other bullshit? 
I don't know. I expect Gordon Hayward plays. He missed out on Tuesday. It was the second game of a back-to-back. He played 25 and 24 minutes in his first two games. So I'm not expecting full load from Gordon Hayward in this one. But I do expect that he does play. While Cody Martin, the doubtful king himself, can he go six in a row of being doubtful? Will the Hornets ever just rule somebody out without listing them doubtful or questionable? That is the question. They did it. They ruled Martin out when he had surgery. Like, again, the bloke's knee was cut open. They did it. They ruled uh, Ubre out when his hand was cut open. And they did it when Gordon Haywood's wife cried that he had a broken shoulder. That's the only times. Everyone else gets a doubtful designation without actually being ruled out in advance. So, you know, we cross our fingers. We pray for times like these where we get some accurate information from these jokers. On to the I almost called them a very rude word. Then lucky I caught myself. Um, On to the Bulls. Pat Williams, like, can you do something consistently? Two games ago, 18 and 10, like the two blocks, great. And then what, seven and six? And you go, okay. This is why he becomes frustrating to roster. Yes, I, I do like having him just for this week, but their next game is Saturday and there's 11 games on. You're not going to use him on that day. And then he doesn't play again until Tuesday. So realistically, you play Pat Williams on Thursday and you probably don't use him again until Tuesday. Is that long enough to hold? Probably not. Unless he does something to completely blow my mind, which I'm going to be skeptical of unless I see it for 10 games in a row, um, then he's just going to be like this one-time streamer. But the role is secure. I just like the production to be. Also want to watch the uh, Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Minutes have been good. 28 in each of the last two games. It does help that Goran Dragic is out, so he should get more minutes in this one as, as well because Dragic is out. But realistically, he's points... Oh, sorry, he's steals. That's it. He gets occasional blocks. He can get some assists sometimes, but he's a steals specialist. If that's what appeals to you, there is opportunity here to use him. But I wouldn't go ahead and label him as a must-roster player. I just don't think we're ready to do that. For the Hornets side of things, Dennis Smith Jr., if Lamelo is out, I will still use Dennis Smith. If Lamelo is back, I will not. Smith, despite you know some struggles in overall numbers, he's played 25, 29, 27, 29, 27 minutes the last five games. That's pretty good. And usually, give him 27 minutes a night, he is a 12-team lead player. It just hasn't worked out in a few of those games. It did in one of them, but it didn't in a few of them. If Lamelo is back, I w- I'm not interested. If Lamelo is out, I will be interested in him. I also want to watch, again, because I just don't value my own sanity, Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. And mainly, I want to watch, does he play? Is he back to being their backup center after an inexplicable one-game absence? I don't know. We'll see. He played 17, 19, 19, 18 minutes, and then out of the rotation. I mean, cool. And the reason for that is, I don't know. I've got no idea. As I mentioned on the Waiver Wire show earlier today, he remains a luxury stash. If you can't deal with zeros, don't have him. Because there, there will be some zeros that appears randomly. If you want to put yourself in a position where you've got a 5 to 10% chance of knocking out a top 60 player in two weeks' time, then hold him. But you've got to be able to deal with zeros. So let's see. Is he back in the rotation or not? Cavs and Rockets. This is a back-to-back for Houston. Um, Don Mitchell is listed doubtful. He'll be out. They got, again, he... Came back too early from a groin strain, played 38 minutes strained, and he said, oh, it feels like the last time. That's not good. That's, to me, I know they're listing him doubtful. Shout out to Gordon Haywood and Lamelo Ball and every other doubtful man in the world. Um, they know they're listing him only doubtful for Thursday. There's almost no chance he plays Friday. Almost none. So Mitchell will be out, I'm guessing, these two games. Kevin Porter will be out for the Rockets. Um, Jabari Smith is questionable for Wednesday's game, so we'll see whether Smitty is ready to go. 
on Thursday with his ankle. Of course, if Jabari is out, then Tari Eason is the guy that we go to. On the Cavs side of things, with the likelihood, the certainty that Donovan Mitchell is out, we're looking at Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. So he should be able to come in, and it's just a tale as old as time. It's carved into stone tablets, along with the Dead Sea Scrolls. A starter is out in the backcourt. Karis Levert becomes usable. Of course, with ship percentages. I don't think they wrote that last bit on there. But, you know, the general gist of it still remains. So Karis Levert is an option. And then I also watch Isaac Okoro, who is playing really good defense. It doesn't always translate into good fantasy numbers, but as you'll see later in the show, the Cavs, over the next four nights, play three quality games. And is that, let's say, minimum 75 minutes for Okoro with one waiver ad where you might get five steals and five threes with maybe like 30 points? Is that worth it for one waiver ad? You can't find three quality games from anyone who doesn't play for the Cavs over the next four days. So if you're max... Again, the way you treat that is that like if Okoro... He's not very good, granted, right? We know this, but... Say he gets 30 points with five threes and 15 rebounds and six assists with five steals. If anyone did that with one game, you'd be double backhanding them. Like you would be absolutely pumping away. That, that is an amazing performance. And yes, it comes over three games, but it was one waiver ad. If you added someone with your one waiver ad who plays Thursday and then they don't play again until 11 games Saturday and you don't use them, well, that's useless. And I think that concept can be hard to get your head around. He's like, what? He's shit house. He's the 300th best, best player. He's 280th or whatever. But if he combines and gets those numbers, so 30 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, five steals, five threes in, in three games, that's so bloody useful. Let's just hope he's able to do that. I hope, I hope that concept makes a bit of sense. I hope so. Mavs and Suns. We know Woody will be out. Maxi Kleber's out, Booker's out, Campaign is out. We don't know about DeAndre Ayton or Landry Shamet. I would expect that they're coming back soon. I would expect that they're ready in this game, but who bloody knows with this team, honestly. So many injuries all the time. Um, Dwight Powell, huge game from Powley last game. I, I, I just don't trust it at all. I think he can play okay minutes, but the game before that, he literally played 21 minutes. And he played 33 the game before that. He probably is high 20s in minutes, but he's not that points explosion player. But... There's steals, there's field goal percentage, there's rebounds, which has use as a starting center. I also want to watch Josh Green, who's played 29 and 32 minutes the last two games with the absence of Wood and Kleber. They are leaning on Green a lot. It's not necessarily translating into great fantasy value, but in deeper leagues, and just to watch what his role is or how he fits with Bullock as well, I think is interesting. On the Suns, Dario Saric has turned in some really good games. And if Aiton is out, I probably would go to the Saric stream. But I really struggle to find how there are enough minutes if Aiton and Shamit both play for Sharich to be useful. I struggle to find that. I also want to just quickly mention Cam Johnson, who only played 18 minutes last game, and there are people thinking about dropping him. He was really good in those 18 minutes. It was a blowout. Please don't drop Cam Johnson. Please don't. Like There will be some rusty games. There's some ups and downs, but he remains a 12-team league player. I don't think there really should be any hesitation about that, but people panic. People drop people very, very quickly. Uh, I had someone even ask today, hey, do I drop Cam Johnson to get Rui Hachimura? Like, I guess Rui could become anything. He could even become Cam Johnson. I mean, he couldn't because he's never going to be that shooter. So no, you don't drop him. Hold on to him, please. That, is, that would be my suggestion. 
Spurs and Clippers. This is a back-to-back for San Antonio. The Clippers are 12 and a half point favorites. This could be really ugly. Uh, Vassell is out for the Spurs. Langford is doubtful for Wednesday, so we'll put him as questionable for Thursday. Marcus Morris left last game with a rib issue for the Clippers. I don't think he's going to play it. While Luke Kennard is still trying to return from that calf injury for the second time, um, he is still questionable. I don't know whether he's going to play it. Was he another guy that came back from a soft tissue injury too early? Hmm, who can say? On the Spurs, we really don't know what to watch for yet until we see Langford back, but it's mainly Richardson and Sohan and Pirtle and Zach Collins. They're the main focus points there. On the Clippers, it's Norman Powell, who cannot miss a shot at the moment. Yes, you want to roster him at this point. 25 minutes is hard to look at as a must-roster guy unless he's hitting 55%, but he is. It's going to go tits up at some point, but we go with Norman Powell for now. And then also Bob Covington, who played 19 and 21 minutes the last two games. If Kennard and Morris are healthy, does Covington play at all? Probably not, going by what we've seen all season. But if Morris is out, and I'd be inclined to even take a crack at Bob if i am got some deficiencies in defensive stats. That's what he does. He had four blocks last game. Bob Covington can do that if he's given that role, but we just don't know that he's going to get that role all the time. Streaming. The Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. It's only the Cavs. So it's Okoro, it's Kevin Love, it's Levert if he's available. Um, they're your options that you're looking at there. Probably not a Dean Wade or a, or a Lamar Stevens or someone like that, or even a Rubio, because he'll sit one of those back-to-backs, I'm pretty sure. If we look at just streaming in for Thursday, some names to look at. Royce O'Neal, Jericho Sims, uh, Quentin Grimes, who, again, is struggling, but he's a great streamer. This briefcase and this haircut. Jalen McDaniels, although if Lamello plays, his value does decrease. Seth Curry's a pretty good streamer. Dorian Finney-Smith showed some signs of life last game. Um, KJ Martin with Kevin Porter out. And then, as I said, Isaac Okoro can be an option for us. In deeper leagues, we've got Dwighty Powell, Nico Batum, Jay Sean Tate, Josh Green, Kobe White, Derek Jones Jr., Tory Craig, and Io DeSumo. Quite a lot of interesting players who are rostered in under 10% of leagues that are available there. And in points leagues, you've got Emmanuel Quickly, Timmy Hardaway, Jeremy Sohan. I consider Quickly and Sohan as category league streams as well. Derek White's available in a lot of spots still. Um, Royce O'Neill, KJ Martin, Jalen McDaniels, and Quentin Grimes. If you look at the next four days, which is the rest of this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the players you can add who have got some good quality game schedules, as I said, the Cavs, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, Karis Levert, three quality games over the final four days of this week. That can be some elite value, especially considering Donovan Mitchell is probably going to miss two, if not three of those games. Rubio is going to miss at least one as well. And then we've got some other guys who have two quality games over the final four days. We've got Xavier T. Illman and Brandon Clark in Memphis. Both worthy ads. I'd prefer Clark over Tillman, but both are worthy ads. You've got Grayson Allen in Milwaukee with the absence of Portis. That can help him get a little bit of a boost and the extra games played helps. Um, you've got Jalen McDaniels in Charlotte. And there's Tyus Jones also in Memphis who gets a little bit of a boost. I don't think there's any worry about Jar being out, but you never know. He can always be out at some point. So Tyus Jones gets a little bit of juice in that situation. I can't believe I just said juice. That sounds so wrong. Um, the next four days, just in totality, including the 11-game Saturday, who are the guys that we can look at that we can start without any real problem? And to me, the only one who really comes out as projected top 100 on a per-game basis over the next four days is Kyle Anderson. And he's available in 40-plus percent of leagues. I think 49% of leagues. He only has two games, and one of them is on the Saturday. But you've got to add him. Please go and add him. The next guys get all boosts because of their volume. And we've already talked about the Cavs having three low-volume uh, low days. But like the Celtics, the Clippers have three games in the next four nights. One of them's on Saturday, but Batum is worth getting because you've got three games there. Whether you play him on Saturday, you can make that decision because you can look at your own lineup. But remember, Kawhi's going to sit one. Paul George is going to sit one most likely. 
You got Trey Murphy with two games. You got Royce O'Neal with two games. Derek White with two games. And then, like Batum, you got three games with Terrence Mann. So while Terrence Mann's value doesn't look great, the three games in four nights coming up with the potential, the likelihood that Kawhi and Paul George both sit one of those games, then Mann's value does rise to be useful enough to stream in because you're getting three games in there. Would you start him on an 11-game Saturday? You need to look at your roster and figure that out to see whether he's actually a three-game player or a two-game player. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.